obviously the big story in the NFL, or at least in the in outside of our little world here in the New Orleans area, is the Super Bowl. Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Early thoughts. Uh, I've got my thoughts. We I haven't talked to you since the championship game, so I'm going to tell you what I think about Dan Campbell and Lamar Jackson coming up. But there's also Saints news. Jeff Duncan writing, for better or worse, quote, the Saints are doubling down on Derek Carr. Is that a good thing? What does that mean exactly? Going to get into that. Again, Larry is with us. All sorts of things to talk about. The Saints offensive coordinator search continues on. You know what we do. We do it here every Friday, unless we're on vacation. And that is not today. Datitude is coming up next. If you're looking for the latest scoop and in-depth interviews on the Saints, the NFL, the Pelicans, LSU, along with the best bets of the week, then lucky you. Along with high-powered, in-the-know guests who cover our teams, Jim Derry brings plenty of datitude. And he'll always tell you the way it is, or at least the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to my friends elsewhere, everywhere, out there who have not yet had their first slice of king cake. What is wrong with you? I don't care if you live in Indiana or you listen to me from Texas or you're in Washington or Guam or you're in the military and you're in Europe. Get yourself a king cake, man. They ship those things these days. You can have a piece from me. Take some of mine out of the house. Good Lord, that is the one thing about Mardi Gras. It is, I have to eat, like, nothing but broccoli and carrots for, like, a month because I, I, we got king cake everywhere. I mean, you can't, this crap is going to kill me. Trying, trying to back off. I'm trying to be good, but my wife keeps wanting to try these king cakes from everywhere. That's the thing this year. You know, the last few years it's like okay we love this king cake we'll get like two or three of them uh we get you know one right when carnival season starts the beginning of january we get one towards the end of january and then we get one right before mardi gras and then we're good not this year we're like trying all these different king cakes it is it's fun and uh not fun all at the same time usually when the uh when football season's over and we're getting there, that's when I have to shake off all the weight that I gained from August to January because I don't have time to do anything else but sit at my desk and eat whatever is in front of my face. But I digress again. I didn't even tell you who I am yet. Well, who is this cat? Well, my name is Jim Derry, and I'm a sports betting writer for the Times Picayune the Advocate and bet.nola.com. And this is Datitude, episode number 207, first show of February, Friday, February 2nd, 2024. And uh, again, we're going to talk about Super Bowl 58, our early thoughts. Larry Holder is coming on the show. Uh, we are going to talk a lot about the Saints as well, the OC search, a tease to Derek Carr and what that means. We're going to get to all that uh, in a little bit. I'm going to talk about it in my monologue uh, briefly. We talked plenty about it in the in the uh, interview portion, so I'm not going to go too far with it. 
But, uh, you know, I said it yesterday on Bayou Bets. If you weren't watching uh, some personal notes, uh, a shout-out to my wife, Drea. Uh, we have been married for 16 years yesterday. We got married on a Mardi Gras float. We are a, a big Mardi Gras family, if you can't tell that already. If you're not from New Orleans, or I mean, if you don't know how carnival works, it is carnival time. And uh, we got married on a float. Mardi Gras is different times every year. When we got married, this was the Friday before Mardi Gras. So it was in a week earlier than it is this year, back in 2008. So, and we celebrated our anniversary. How did we do it? By me working a basketball game doing play-by-play. That's how we celebrate it. So it is what it is. When you get to 16 years, you know, Sometimes it's not all, it's not glamorous like it was, you know, first anniversary, third anniversary, or whatever. It's not the same. But we still are, I, I, I know that it's, I think it's amazing. I said this yesterday. I, I think it's amazing someone has found a way to put up with me for 16 years. So that in itself is a minor miracle. Uh, uh, more somber note, uh, my, my dad, Jim Derry Sr., has been in the hospital in Florida um, suffering with COVID and, uh, he is in my thoughts and prayers, and I would just ask for the listeners of Dat to uh, say a little prayer for for Jim Derry Sr. Um, as he struggles with with COVID. It's been kind of a status quo the past few days, uh, which is I guess good and bad. He has not gotten any worse, but he hasn't really gotten much better either. So um, I know the next couple of days are going to be important. So again, if you can say a little prayer for my dad, I'd appreciate that. All right, on to uh, where we are with football. And before I get to the Saints part of it, I do want to talk a little bit about last week's games. And I say this with Larry, you know, it's one thing that's weird about not having a Monday show. I'm used to, like, coming on Monday and giving my thoughts about football. Well, I think next year I'm going to go back to, I'm going to have the Monday show until the Super Bowl is over. Uh, because I have noticed two weeks in a row now I wanted to come on and talk about football, but I'd already committed to not doing a show on Mondays. But So we're going uh, to ax that next year, tell you what I think now. This year, we're not going to do a Monday show at the Super Bowl because I'm going to be on vacation. Um, my vacation begins next Friday. In fact, next week, I think we might be doing the show on Thursday. Uh, I will get back to you on that. But anyway, and give you our final thoughts on Super Bowl 58. Um, but last week, getting back to my original point about I, 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 it's crazy to me how many people like the way that Dan Campbell coached the game last Sunday. Um, it is insane to me. Now, I didn't think I would have a ton of people backing me up on social media when I said that I thought he should be fired because I know that a lot of people think that it went overboard. But I truly believe that. I mean, to me, he showed, if you hadn't seen it already, he showed you a glimpse into his utter soul and what it's going to be like for Lions fans going forward, at least in the near future, because unless it's just a total collapse next year, they're going to have to deal with this for however. And it, it's also the kind of inner thinking of the young, modern NFL coach. And I think it sucks. i got to be honest. I can't stand when coaches are coaching like they're playing a game of Madden. This is not Madden, man. This is the NFL. And this might have worked in the beginning when you were taking people by surprise and all this analytics crap, but people... Coaches are starting to catch on to this. So I think these analytics are, for A, out of whack. B, where, where do we get these analytics from? You get the analytics from people who devise these formulas on 
win percentage at any point in the game from people who love analytics. So how, how are we supposed to trust them? That's like taking a presidential poll from some, let's, let's say the Democrats or the Republicans, here are internal polls on what the race is right now. Are you going to believe either one of them? If the Democrats are saying Joe Biden is leading the country by 5%, he's winning 48 to 46 over Donald Trump. If the Republicans come out and say, well, Donald Trump's winning 48 to 46 over Joe Biden, are you going to believe either one of them? No, it's probably somewhere in the middle. So these same analytics people, I mean, we're just trusting that these percentages are right, first of all, and no one uses common sense anymore. That's the problem I have with analytics more than anything. They're playing NFL football games. Sure, they're fun to watch if you don't give a damn about your team. But if you're a Lions fan, you're probably pretty pissed off they didn't try to kick a field goal and retake a three-score lead in the middle of the third quarter. You're probably pissed off that, you know, later in the game when it's a when you have a chance to make it tie the score again in the fourth quarter with probably one drive left for each team that you didn't kick a field goal. And instead, you don't get it on fourth down again, and San Francisco comes down, scores a touchdown, takes a 10-point lead, game over. Either one of those, you kick a field goal, it's a different game. You're probably really pissed off that, if you're a Lions fan, that it's third down and goal or whatever it is, at the two-yard line, and because you have an ego and a head the size of Levi Stadium, that you're going to run the ball with David Montgomery. He gets stuffed, and now you got to use one of your three timeouts. And all, all intents and purposes, game over. You know? So just so many things in that game. Can Dan Campbell rebound from it? Sure, he can rebound from it. He might get become a better coach, but not if he's going to keep coaching like this. And I think that coaches that coach like this, i.e. Brandon Staley, are not going to change. Leopards don't change their spots, in my opinion. This only gets worse from here. We saw what happened. Staley was kind of a breath of fresh air to some extent, but he got worse and he got worse and he got worse. And to me, I think that's where Dan Campbell and the Lions go. I don't see them recovering from this. I really don't. I think the NFC uh, North is going to be much tougher next year. I think Green Bay is going to be better than they were this past year. I think the Bears are certainly going to be better than they were, even though I don't, I'm not a fan of Matt Eberflus. And I don't think we know what's going to happen with the Vikings because we're waiting to see who their quarterback's going to be. But I think Kevin O'Connell's a great coach. So I think the Lions are going to struggle to win the division again next year. And I will say this. I'll get it out there so everyone knows where I stand. I wasn't that high on the Lions going in this year, and I was wrong about them. So I'll, I'll let that be known. So I could be wrong about them again next year. But I can tell you, I wouldn't want that guy as my coach. I am dead serious. Um, and I'm including, look, you can hate Dennis Allen all you want. But I didn't see Dennis Allen making some of those just ridiculously dumb, stupid mistakes. It's not the first time that Dan Campbell's done that. We talked about it earlier. Remember against the Cowboys when he went for two? had a penalty, whether it was the right penalty, whether it was a crappy call, whether you thought you were screwed as a Lions fan, whatever. The call was made, and now it's a seven-yard, seven two-point attempt. Kick the damn extra point. No. We're going to go for it again. Not even the, even the analytics people were against him on that one. So he just does things that are weird, wacky, and things to me 
that are going to keep the Lions from ever being a really good team. Look, if you're a Lions fan, most Lions fans are thrilled that they made it this far. But to me, I, it just goes to show that this guy is never going to be a real coach in the NFL. Not in my opinion. Never going to be a championship coach. Not in my opinion. Maybe he'll luck into one. I don't know, but I doubt it. I think we're going to be sitting here in two years and talking about someone else being the Lions coach. And I also think that this is a fad, this whole analytics thing. The more I see it and the less it works going forward, it seems to me like they work. it works less and less. People catching on to it. I hope it's a fad because I really think it's ruining football. And I know I got maybe some younger people out there, the Zach Ewings of the world, who are saying, eh, get off my lawn. I mean, maybe. But I'm just telling you, I just don't think this works in the long run. I think it's going to get you killed more than it's going to help you. You're telling me, and this stupid ESPN analytics says, go for it. It's fourth and three at the 50-yard line. What they don't tell you is, you're going to, yeah, you're going to get it 68% of the time. I don't care about the winning percentages higher if you go for it. You know what, it, you know what the difference is? The difference is you're completely screwed in a lot of those situations. If you don't get it, you're completely and utterly screwed. So I don't want 68% of the time. I don't know where they figure this out from anyway. How the hell they figure that 68% of the time, if you get it, you're going to win? It's a bunch of BS anyway. I mean, first of all, even if you get it, you still got a long way to go to even be able to, to, to score a touchdown. You got a, probably 10 or 15 yards before you can realistically kick an easy field goal. You might go backwards after you get the first down. There's just so many things that can go wrong, even if you get the first down. I don't know. Again, get off my lawn. Just telling you this ain't going to work in the long run. Whole different story with Lamar Jackson. Um, look, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I just don't think Lamar Jackson's ever going to win a Super Bowl. I don't know that he's ever going to get to a Super Bowl, to be honest. Uh, why he quarterbacks differently in big games, I have no idea. Uh, you know, we can debate whether he deserves the MVP this year. He's going to win it. So I guess it doesn't. it's not worth debating the grand, grand scheme of things. But, I mean, if you look and see, out of the four quarters that he played in the playoffs, he really only played two good ones. Let's be honest. Um, he didn't do anything in the first half of the Houston game. And he made more mistakes than he made good plays, in my opinion, in the game against Kansas City. This is not the first year that he's done that. It's not the first year he's done it. People said it's going to be different this year because... He's got a whole different team around him. He's got a much better team around him. Got a much better defense. Got better receivers, which is true. Got better tight ends. Uh, Mark Andrews is back, and he's got Isaiah Likely. How'd that work out? Looking for Isaiah Likely in triple coverage. I just don't think Lamar Jackson has what it takes to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And you know what? He may prove me wrong. I think there's a better chance he proves me wrong than Dan Campbell proves me wrong. I will say that. Lamar Jackson's got way more talent as a quarterback than Dan Campbell's got as a coach. I will say that. Uh, I, just don't, I just don't see it. And I don't get the, I honestly don't get the love. And if I was a Ravens fan, I'd certainly be worried. I feel the same way, exact way, 
about Josh Allen. I've said this before. Overrated, overhyped. I don't think Josh Allen's ever going to win a championship. And I'm an idiot. I bought into it because I like the value and I like the price. For those of you watching shows and keeping receipts or whatever you want to call them, yeah, I had a ticket on the Buffalo Bills win the Super Bowl because I loved the value that I was getting at 16 to 1 or whatever it was. I don't regret making the bet just because I don't think someone, if Lamar Jackson, if the, Buffalo, if the Baltimore Ravens next year are 16 to 1 early in the season because they lose a couple games, I might buy into them because I think there's a value there. That doesn't mean I really think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but it's worth it at 16 to 1. I mean, how many times have we all been wrong? You know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong about Lamar Jackson. I hope I'm wrong about Josh Allen. I think they're fun teams to watch. But fun teams to watch aren't always the bee's knees. To me, are the Kansas City Chiefs a fun team to watch this year? Well, they're a fun team to watch because of Patrick Mahomes, but really no other reason. Their defense is good. Um, Their defense is good enough to win another Super Bowl. Steve Spagnuolo certainly didn't do that when he was here. Steve Spagnuolo didn't do that when he was a head coach. I know he's getting a lot of love right now, but I don't care what anyone says. You can say how great the defense is or whatever, and Travis Kelsey and Swifty and blah, blah, blah. The Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl because of Patrick Mahomes, who I really think one day will be the greatest, called the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL. You can almost make a point, a case for it now. Not quite, but it's close. He wins the Super Bowl, and he's got three already, and he's still in his 20s. Start looking to make your case in the very near future. We'll see if that happens or not. Um, you know, it's just the, not always the, the most fun teams make it to the Super Bowl. Not always even the best teams. I think in this case, if you look at who are in the Super Bowl, I think the best team in the NFC is certainly in the Super Bowl, even though they haven't played well in the postseason in the San Francisco 49ers. And there's no question that the last six weeks that the Kansas City Chiefs have been the best team in the, in the AFC and probably the best team in the NFL overall. What does that mean as far as prognostication? Well, we don't have to tell you right now. I'm not going to make my official pick. I've got too much work left to do. I am certainly leaning one way, and I have made some bets, and I've made them clear on other shows, but I'm going to save my official pick for you for next week because I do want to go through analysis and uh, – trends and we're gonna have a lot going on at bet.nola.com on on our picks so uh that's where we are with the super bowl again gonna spend a lot of time talking about that with larry holder in just about four or five minutes i want to get to the saints and my thoughts very briefly again we talk about this with larry so my thoughts will be known there as well Derek carr situation and i know there are so many people out there who uh for a lack of a better better way to say this just think that Derek Carr was a major mistake and the problem when you even talk about this or bring this up is if you don't like Derek Carr there is nothing that I am going to say you're not going to listen to anything I say okay you're going to either scrub your finger forward to get to when we talk about the Super Bowl with Larry or the Saints offensive coordinator search or whatever or you're just going to x off the podcast and I can't stop you from doing that you're especially not going to want to listen to this 
if I say that I think, because I am going to say it, and I said this on, on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, at Jim Derry Jr. is my handle, I think it's a good move for the Saints to commit to Derek Carr through an extra season. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, Jeff Duncan's writing about it in his column that basically the Saints are, they could have gotten out of the Derek Carr contract after next year if they wanted to. We've said this before. Uh, But it looks like they're going to restructure the contract to where they basically won't be able to get out of it now until after the 2025 season at the bare minimum. I've said before that Derek Carr wasn't going anywhere for at least three years and probably going to be here the full four. I believed that when they signed him. I believed it during the season, and I believe it now. Whether you agree with it or not agree with it, it doesn't matter what we think. I know you're out there saying, well, if we don't go to the games, it'll matter what we think, but you're wrong. You don't, you're not going to a game. You, you're going to need to get like 30,000 of your best friends to not show up at the game and not only not show up, but not sell their tickets, like eat the tickets. Are you willing to do that? That's dumb. Why would anybody do that? It's dumb. Um, but the reason why I say this is, is multiple fold. First off, the Saints are in such cap hell going into next year. If you want, if you have any hopes for this team to be any good next year, I don't care if you hate Dennis Allen. You're a moron if you're saying, I hope they suck next year because I hate Dennis Allen and I hate Derek Carr. That, it, that makes no sense. I've explained why that makes no sense going forward. It doesn't change anything, and all it does is really give Saints fans heartbreak going forward. So that doesn't make any sense. That's dumb. You're a Saints fan. You should hope that they go 15-2 and two next year. Will it happen? Almost certainly not. But you want them to be as good as they possibly can be. And for them to be as good as they possibly can be, they've got to fix this cap situation. Most likely, unfortunately, in my opinion, they're going to have to kick the can down the road again, meaning they're going to have to restructure some of these contracts, and they're going to have to let some very popular Saints go. We already know Michael Thomas is gone. We know Marshawn Lattimore is probably gone. But there's a decent chance that Alvin Kamara is gone. That is not going to be a popular move if that happens. It may be necessary. Get rid of Alvin Kamara and keep Derek Carr? Yeah, because it doesn't work the way. You don't just cut people, and it doesn't work the way that you think that it works. You know, I hear all the time that Alvin Kamara is worth the first-round draft pick. Well, in the grand scheme of things, Alvin Kamara from three years ago that was on a four years ago that was on a rookie contract, yeah, worth a first-round draft pick. Alvin Kamara today, with the money that he's going to make, and whatever is not worth the first round draft pick. It's not even worth probably a third or a fourth round draft pick. It's where you are and what their contracts are. So are the Saints better off if they had to pick one, Alvin Kamara, Derek Carr? I think the answer is unquestionably you don't want to hear this and you might not understand why, but it's Derek Carr because he financially fits this team better. You're going to go forward longer with Derek Carr. Alvin Kamara is a soon-to-be 30-year-old running back. That's probably got one, maybe two years left on the tires. Let's be realistic. Look what happened to Zeke Elliott and how far down he went, like, instantly. Zeke Elliott went from being one of the best backs in the league to not even being mediocre, like, in a snap. And I mean, like, that. That's how quick I'm talking. 
I think it's coming for Alvin Kamara. We're already seeing signs of that. So you may love Alvin Kamara, but it may not be the right fit for the Saints. Derek Carr being here helps salary cap-wise because they can probably take a third, <clears throat> excuse me, a third of what that over-the-cap limit is and defer that, restructure it, maybe even more than a third. That's a big deal. Can't do that with Alvin Kamara. Not only that, the Saints are not in a position, if you were hoping that the Saints were going to trade up and draft some one of the three big-name big quarterbacks, it's not going to happen. They were never going to do that. It's not who they are. Even had the Saints stunk and been in a position of where the Falcons are and find a way to get one of those three guys, they wouldn't have done it. That's not who they are. And I wouldn't agree with it anyway because they have more pressing needs. If this team gets a couple of offensive linemen that are starters that can come in and start right away, and they're going to have to do better than they did with Trevor Penning and Cesar Ruiz, in my opinion. They're going to have to do what they did with Eric McCoy and Ryan Ramchak. That's my opinion, what they need to do. But if they can do that, I think Derek Carr can be so much better, especially if you get an offensive coordinator in here that would be more suited to Derek Carr and making this offense better than it was. I hate to harp on Pete Carmichael, but I think the biggest problem this team had last year, you can go through all sorts of things. You can hate Derek Carr, but if you look at the games he was healthy, he was good. And not just at the end of the season. When he was healthy, for the most part, he was good. Not great. But how many great quarterbacks are there? What are the chances the Saints are going to get a great quarterback anytime soon? Slim to zero. The Saints can be a good team with Derek Carr. Can they be a Super Bowl team? Probably not. But I will tell you this, and I'm dead serious. I don't think... Jared Goff is a great quarterback. But Jared Goff has been in good situations with really good offensive lines and really good offensive coordinators. And Jared Goff has overcome some of his deficiencies and made it to a Super Bowl and then made it to an NFC Conference Championship with another team. I don't think the Lions in the grand scheme of things are that much better than the Saints. I think the Saints' defense is clearly better than the Lions' defense. And what makes the Lions that much better than the Saints offensively? It's not Jared Goff over Derek Carr. It's the Detroit Lions' offensive line and the fact that they have Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. And the Saints have had the 21st-ranked running game. Those things have to improve, but it's not Derek Carr. They're not getting a rookie quarterback. They're not getting a C.J. Stroud here. They're not getting Jaden Daniels next year. They're not getting Caleb Williams. They're not getting Drake May. And if you're not getting those three guys, you're much better off with Derek Carr. Jake Hayner may end up being a quarterback at some point. We'll find out. That's where this team is. All right, let's get to Larry's thoughts. Again, we open up talking about the Saints, the O.C. search. We talk a little bit about... Uh, the two NFL, uh, the two teams in the NFL that hired coaches this week, and McDonald and Dan Quinn, twenty-eight to three. Twenty-eight to three. Are the command commanders keep on commandering? They're gonna do what they do. Not gonna be good. They did. Not only did they suck and pick the wrong coach, 
but they did their NFC East rivals a huge favor. Oh, you want to take Dan Quinn? By all means, take Dan Quinn. We're going to get into that. And our early thoughts on Super Bowl 58 before I come back and wrap it up with the song of the day that has ties to both the Super Bowl and Carnival time. If it looks like I'm happy, I am because football season is almost over. Larry Holder is here with me. I am Jim Derry. And, you know, those days of working like 15th. I know I know we go year round now, but it's definitely not the same kind of day when football season's finally over. I mean, what a way to bring in an audience. I can't wait for it to be over. So I don't have to talk about this stuff. Anymore. I'm only actually, I'm only half serious, by the way. It is kind of bittersweet when it's over, right? Well, you get bored. All of a sudden, you're thinking like, what am I going to do now on on Sunday and Monday and Thursday and whatever day the NFL wants to play? So, yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, you, it, if you're covering it and all this, like and you go through the Super Bowl like like I do. I mean, I got to go through the Super Bowl, and my my world never stops. Right. Uh, unlike what it used to be when it was just Saints only. Uh, but still, it's uh, it stops, and then you kind of get bored, and you're thinking, man, what now? Now what do I do? Like you, you, you reunite you, with your family. Well, it's not like they're not around. I mean, look, yeah, I, but I even, they're like in the, the background. Pictures of, like they even like make appearances every week. Like you just have some. Yeah, Joni was you're in the, the dome apparently last week. Yeah, my kid, my wife pops in the uh, pops in the frame last week. She's like, "What are you doing, fool?" That's pretty. That's pretty funny. All right. Well, we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, try to cr- jam pack it into 35, 40 minutes. We'll see what happens. Um, there are a couple main topics as far as we're concerned: Saints and Super Bowl, and a little bit of hirings uh, in the NFL that I that I thought were interesting. I want to talk to you about, but we're going to start off today's show with the Saints, and uh, you know. I, I, I put up there, I didn't talk about Derek Carr in the headlines, but I think he's something I want to lead off with. And are the Saints waiting for Clint Kubiak is, is one of my questions, but I think it's tied into Derek Carr. If you saw what I posted on X a little while ago, maybe intriguing, Jeff Duncan's column for the weekend is out, and he writes that it's, it may be an unpopular decision for a lot of Saints fans. We'll, we're, we'd love to have your comments, by the way. If you want to type in your comment, whether you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or X, uh, we'll be happy to put them on the screen and talk about it. But I, I, I'm kind of torn, mixed a little bit. I think it's a good move for the Saints to tie themselves to Carr for another year. And for this reason, because first of all, I think first and foremost, obviously it's going to help with the cap situation because they're going to be able to take off some of his cap money and, and cap. It'll, it'll give them room. They're like 75 million over. They got to do something. And B, you're not going to find anyone that's better than Derek Carr making the money that Derek Carr, he's making the money that he's supposed to make. And I think in the grand scheme of things, if they get the right offensive coordinator and you see the numbers on the screen, what they were able to do last year, nothing spectacular, but the passing offense was 11th. I think Larry, that they can be good next year. If they get the right OC with Derek Carr. Can they be good? Sure. Now, if you're a Saints fan is good, good enough from what you're used to in the past. Probably not. And so I think that's like you can you could be upset at the situation, but in this like the overall grand scheme of the state of the team. But in terms of where you are with quarterback, I mean you you know you you're not turning away from him in twenty twenty four. Like right. you know you're having to go with it. Like that's that's obvious. And so I mean, look, it doesn't surprise me that that this is going to happen. 
uh, and already seems in the works. And I mean, it doesn't shock me at all. And part of it is like, like you're saying, like the state of where this team is, the players they have, I mean, they are still in the, all right, we can compete and win in the NFC South and move forward. They're not Carolina. They're not other teams in the NFL where they're tearing down and building back up. And now you, you could say, well, why can't the Saints be the Texans? I mean, they had to basically tear it all down, and they they're made it a playoffs, and they have a, a new coach and a new quarterback. But it's not like the Texans, their overall roster wasn't in, in the same state. Like, they were consistently bad and, and dealing with their own problems with, with Deshaun Watson. Like, so if it goes bad with Derek Carr and then all these other veteran players move on at some point, then that could open the door for maybe a younger movement and you have some real struggle years. But right now they feel like they can compete, and I think they can. Like, they should have this year. Like, so I think why they should the next be, year. Why can't the Saints be like the Lions, though? I mean, I think that Derek, and I, I mean this wholeheartedly. People may disagree with me all they want. I'm not impressed with Jared Goff at all. I think Derek Carr is better than Jared Goff. Okay, whether I know your numbers at the Athletic from this year probably don't support that fact. But I think overall, Derek Carr is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. I think it's more important for them to shore up their offensive line I think if the Saints shore up their offensive line, give Derek Carr time to throw, I don't see any reason why this team on offense can't be at least on par with the Lions or close to it um, and make a run like the Lions made a run this year. Well, I think part of that is we need to see how the the scheme's going to be. Like the offensive scheme that the Saints had this past year wasn't going to – I wholeheartedly agree. So, yeah, so I think we need to know what, what's going to happen there. Uh, and they have – the Lions certainly have different elements to their game and to their skill set positions. Off, offensive line, too, their offensive line is better than the Saints. Way better. So, and, yes, yeah, so, and the way they use their skill position players, uh, like they have more dynamic uh, people in tandem in Detroit than the Saints did. Tight end for sure. I mean, they got Sam Laporta. Like the Saints don't have – Juwan Johnson – I mean, could he be? I don't know, but he's not Sam Laporta right now. And so I think when you look at it in that sense, like it's, and I, now I do think that, and as you alluded to, look, the numbers that I do all the time, basically year round now, uh, would not support what you're saying, but Carr's not that far off from golf. Like that's the difference. That's like, what I'm it's saying. Not, it's like, that's not like a hemisphere off. Like they're, they're similar. I feel like golf has gotten better, but golf is, Goff is a top at best when he's at his best. Goff is like a top eight quarterback. Like at Carr's best, I would put him at like a top 11. Yeah. So there's not that much difference. I just think that if you get the right OC in here um, and improve the offensive line, because look, it wasn't that long ago. The Saints had a top six or eight offensive line. It wasn't that long ago. Um, so the precipitous drop that they've made over the past few years, to me, it doesn't take that much to get back to where if you draft correctly, because I think O-line is something that you need to draft for, unless there's a left tackle. that you, The Saints don't have the money to go out there and spend money that they need to get for a left tackle. They're going to need to draft and draft correctly. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to do this because they've shown before that they, I mean, to me, Trevor Pennings, I know it's early, and he still could turn into something, and, you know, 
optimistic Jeff Duncan. They're trying Trevor Penning at this, and maybe he'll play left guard, and maybe he'll do this. And, yeah, well, maybe unicorns will fly into my house and, and, and have a Mardi Gras party, but I doubt it. Um, I'm just saying that I think that they need to look at this. Okay, Trevor Penning's a bust. Move on. Address this in the draft. I think they need to draft two starting offensive linemen in the draft, which is hard to do. But I think they can do it if they scout wisely and look into this wisely and go into the draft thinking that way. But I do think they have to explore something with Penning. Like you're you're connected to the guy for a couple more years. You're not cutting him. Like it, all of this stuff's guaranteed. Like let's try to see if something works for him. So I get that logic. Uh, guard might be a better spot. I mean, we had to do Maybe. that with Andres Pete, so it might be better. So you got to at least explore that. But uh, I do think we know that tackle is probably not the most optimal spot for him. So, you know, you, you got to figure that out. So, yeah, like it's, it's, it's something that they're going to have some kind of money because they always do uh, in free agency to go do something. But what, what do you address? And I'm, I'm like trying to multitask. I'm trying to go find like my free agent uh, outlook here. Uh, in terms of players, like I, I'm actually going to update. I'm going to have like an overall league free agency stock watch at, after the Super Bowl. So uh, that I did one in December. So I, I've done a couple of them. And if you're talking like who who's going to be on the market for like offensive line and tackle, I mean, you know, some of these guys are going to be high price guys. Uh, I mean, you're not going to go out and get, like, Tyron Smith. Right, of course. You're not going to go do that. I would just assume that he would stay with the Lions. Like like someone like Jonah Williams from the Bengals, who uh, he got moved from left tackle to right tackle, uh, better, but still. You oh, know, I mean, the Saints might need a right tackle too soon. I mean, Ryan Ramchek is, is you know, he's. He's obviously shown injury struggles the last two years. Uh, by the way, Larry Holder works for The Athletic. If you didn't know that, you can go check out all of his stuff on The Athletic. He uh, covers the NFL so and uh, look at it uh, all the time. I mean, I, it is, I'm not just saying this. The Athletic is a great source uh, for all things NFL. You can go in there, easy to find stats, box scores, figures, look ahead to the draft, everything you need on The Athletic. I use it every day almost. So, uh, again, not just the... Shameless plug. I, I use it as well. Uh, look, I, I think you're right. I mean, but I, as far as those guys go, but but when you're seventy five million dollars over the cap and you're trying to put a band aid on things, and we've been doing this here in New Orleans for years and years. I mean, they were doing this when you were covering the Saints. I mean, they've been putting band aids on this thing for you. At some point, you got to say we can't put a band aid on the cap anymore, and you got to figure out a way to like. I hate to say re- hit the reset button. Because you, fans want to win, but is that what you do at some point? I think you have to wait out, and it kind of goes back to the point I was saying with Carr. Like you have to wait out this this kind of wave of players that they have. Like mm-hmm. you're going to play out with Demario Davis. You're going to play out with Cam Jordan. You're going to play out with Carr. Uh, you're going to play out with like someone like Ramcheck. Like you're going to play some of this out. Yeah. Uh, now, when do you play out? someone like Kamara or Lattimore. I know their Soon. names are going to be volleyed around, uh, speculating whether they're going to be cut, traded, something. Uh, so it may be a slow trickle like this offseason. Right. But then another one, it might just be, it would remind me like in 20, offseason leading up into like the 2014 season, 
uh, when the Saints had to cut ties with like Lance Moore, Roman Harper, Darren Sproles, Will Smith. Like it was like a it was like a house cleaning of like who's who names uh, that offseason. Malcolm Jenkins. Too. Like it was. Uh, you had, it was it was wild. Like it was definitely a, like a, a change of kind of course within a lot of the locker room. And so, uh, you know, that could easily happen at some point. It could happen next offseason, but obviously it's not happening this offseason. I just think that at some point you say, you know what, we can't, do, we can't continue to do this. Um, and, I, and I know no one wants to hit the full reset button because all those players you talked about, if you lose three or four of them, all right, you're probably in trouble. Um, you don't replace those guys. But we know Mike Thomas is gone. I think there's a better than 50-50 chance, probably better than 70-30 chance, that Lattimore is gone. Um, and Alvin Kamara, I mean, people don't want to hear this, but I think there's at least a 50-50 chance that Alvin Kamara is gone. I mean, these are just things that you have to be realistic about. So if these three guys are gone, and then the next year you got three or four more guys going, you're, you're doing it, you're death by a thousand cuts. I'd almost rather just, you know, whack off the arm. Well, here's the thing. Like, say if you got rid of, let's just hypothetically, you got rid of Lattimore and Kamara. Like, at cornerback, you, you, you've seen that you can play well without Lattimore. Yeah. Uh, some contending team would probably want him. I mean, when healthy, he can go play, and I think he'd probably like a fresh start. Uh, you know, and so that that's... He's got at least two more years. Kamara's got at least, I think, two more years left, but not much well, more. Well, I'm that. talking about Lattimore, but oh, Kamara... Yeah, but Kamara, look... I mean, if you're the Saints, uh, you basically paid him around what Christian McCaffrey got paid. Yeah, and he's not been Christian McCaffrey. Not even. And close. guess what? Look, man, there's a when you get to free agency this offseason, there is a who's who of running backs that are going to be available, and I can't for the life of me see anybody getting anything like what McCaffrey got. Like McCaffrey's on the island. Some people got paid near him, like. Kamara, like Dalvin Cook, like remember Zeke Elliott got a huge contract. Yeah. Like none of these guys, like Josh Jacobs didn't do it, like Derrick Henry spading, uh, Austin Eckler, Tony Pollard. Maybe Josh Jacobs of all of those guys might, because he's still young, might be someone who gets paid decent money, but no one is getting McCaffrey money. So because if I don't Saints, think running, I don't think running backs in general are going to make that much money anymore. They're just not. I, I mean, the, the NFL NFL teams are, are are getting. We saw how Saquon Barkley went into a long extent. Barkley's another one. I just left him off the list, but he's on that list too. Yeah, exactly. And so yeah, when you look at it, uh, if you're not getting what you're investing in Kamara, I mean, that's just not there. Like if you were getting McCaffrey production out of Kamara, right. you'd have no problem with it. But he's not. And so if you were getting Alvin Kamara production from three or four years ago, you'd be absolutely. Fine. Well, that's why he got paid that because he played so well and you thought that could continue. And look, they're, uh, I think, what are they? They're like Kamara was the draft class after McCaffrey 2017, I believe McCaffrey uh, was, was McCaffrey with Fournette. I'm trying to remember. I think, no, I don't think McCaffrey and Fournette were the same year. No, McCaffrey was 2017. That's yeah. right. Okay. That's they're the same draft class. So yeah, same. I'm looking it up because I don't. I'm. It's going to bother me. Right, right. Well, I mean, the Saints <laughs> were look 21st in rushing. Jamal Williams didn't help. Same draft uh, class. McCaffrey, Kamara. Yeah, so same thought. draft class. Yes. Uh, you know, 21st in rushing. It just goes to show. Look, fans don't want to hear this because they love Alvin Kamara. It's the same with Drew Brees. I mean, no one could be. 
I can't say no one, but a majority of Saints fans couldn't be realistic. And they, they talk about, you try to compare Drew Brees to Derek Carr now, and Drew Brees the last two years of his career, this is blasphemy. I know people will hate me. The numbers will go. No one will watch me when I say this. They'll, they'll turn this off. But the last two years of Drew Brees' career were no better than what Derek Carr gave us last year. I'm sorry. They just weren't. Um, and, and so I know fans love Alvin Kamara, but the, the fact is he's just not been all that productive the last few years. You can blame it on Pete Carmichael if you want. You can blame it on Derek Carr if you want. You can blame it on whoever you want. But the fact is he's just not the same player that he used to be. I'm looking up Drew Brees right now to, to give myself a, a friendly reminder. Of all right, while you're doing that, I'm going to show a comment here. Taylor DeMarco says that the Saints are end up trading Lattimore. What is the likely compensation? Rams received a third-round pick for Jalen Ramsey this past offseason. What is the market for an injured Lattimore? He's not injured anymore. I, don't, I think that's unfair to say that he's injured uh, because, let's face it, he probably, if it would have really mattered, I think Lattimore, like if the Saints would have been a 10 or 11-win team, I think you would have seen Lattimore in there towards the end. Uh, what is the market for an injured Lattimore? Detroit seems like a decent fit. Uh, I think there are a lot of decent fits for Lattimore. And as far as compensation goes, Larry, I think it depends on how much money we're talking here. I think third round is probably a reasonable scenario. That would be reasonable. I mean, he's not Jalen Ramsey. No. I would I would say he's a tick below. I mean, he's a perennial pro, pro bowler, but, like, Jalen Ramsey is a top guy. Like, And so, yeah, so it's certainly something that, uh, there's going to be a market for him. There's no question about it. Like a a, a win now team, there's, there's no doubt. Somebody. And I think win. Detroit is a decent fit. I I think that's a great uh, would be a great place. But I think there are probably seven or eight other teams that also. Uh, I mean, you look at a team like Buffalo that's going to be losing uh, some players next year. Uh, you know, in the same division, the Dolphins are going to be looking. I mean, they. They've got Jalen Ramsey, but I mean that they'll be needing help in their defensive backfield as well. So yeah, I mean, Buffalo's hoping to get Tre'Davious White back. I mean, he got injured and missed half the season. Right. Uh, Detroit makes sense because Aaron Glenn's still there. I mean, and Dan Campbell. So they obviously know they know the player. Uh, look, someone like Detroit. I mean, we just mentioned Detroit. someone like San Francisco. I mean, they yeah, could that, like. Here's the thing: like, if if they feel like, oh man, our defense is kind of slipping. Um, I know they have Ward, but man, it, and here's the, the beauty of it with the 49ers is that they don't have to pay Brock Purdy yet. Yeah. They can get some of these pieces and then say Lattimore is there for two years and then you move on and then you got to pay Purdy. Like they have money to move around still because they're not so tied in to the quarterback. Another one could be the Chiefs because Legereus Sneed might go somewhere else and they might need a shutdown corner. And because they look, they got to pay Sneed, Chris Jones. Like those are two premier defensive players that are huge behind Boy. what they're doing this year. And they might say, "All right, come on down, that, Lattimore." And like I, I think that one would, punch out from Lajarius Sneed that got him a lot of money, didn't it? He made plenty of money before that, but that just added a little more. <laughs> like he's that might have got him could, a couple. To million. me, he could. He's like the top five free agent. Yeah, uh, he's he's been phenomenal and deserves all the money he's going to get. I agree with you. All right, let's move on a little bit because uh, there are some other topics I want to talk about. And before we get to this early thoughts on the Super Bowl and kind of uh, want to get your opinion on some things that happened last weekend. Um, that's the weird thing about only having the show once a week instead of having it two or three times a week. 
I don't get the to do the immediate reaction, um, but that's where we are right now. All right, I want to talk about Mike McDonald and Dan Quinn hired in Seattle and Washington, uh, respectively. And it's interesting because Quinn was rumored to be going to Seattle. Um, I think Washington had their sights set on on Ben Johnson, and he didn't. And, he didn't leave Detroit, so they were kind of hosed, and I think they didn't know what to do, and they panicked, and they hired Dan Quinn for some unknown reason. But I'm not – I'm not. look, I don't have to be in love. It doesn't make a difference in the grand scheme of things, what I think, but I think both of these teams could have done better, especially in Washington. I don't understand Dan Quinn becoming a head coach again at all. If anything, they did Dallas a favor. I think Dan Quinn, you, you see how it goes. Like the teams get better, and you get a second chance, and – like, you know, it's it doesn't surprise me that he got hired somewhere. Washington didn't seem like it was going to be the fit. Like you said, Seattle seemed like more of the fit. But, uh, like, neither hire – I mean, they don't blow me away, but I'm not like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe they hired this guy. So, I'm not – it doesn't uh, – I'm not I'm, – I don't know how – I don't really have a strong opinion. But there's no doubt Washington wanted Ben Johnson. There's no doubt. And then he – he uh, he told Seattle and Washington, "No, I'm staying put." Which is uh, maybe weird, he, by the way, for the that, second straight year, he passed up a head coaching gig. That is weird. Well, maybe he's looking around the league and seeing maybe some places, some other places might open. I, I don't know. What if he's waiting for the Saints? What if he's Start waiting that for the rumor. Lions? What if he's waiting for the Lions' job to open up? Oh, Dan, Dan Campbell's not going anywhere. Dan Campbell makes a more boneheaded mistakes like he made last week. <laughs> <laughs> they had a fire. I said they should fire his ass anyway. That's a whole different story. But uh, I just look, Mike McDonald. You knew he was going to get a job. I mean, uh, he was going to get a head coaching job. I thought uh, he kind of made the Ravens look like the Ravens again. I thought he did a really good job. Uh, is that enough to become a head coach? We'll see. I just again, Dan Quinn. All I can think of is twenty-eight to three. I'm sorry. That's all I can think of. And, and it's not fair, probably. And and Shanahan overcame twenty eight to three, and he's in the Super Bowl again. I just don't know, man. What what did anyone see from Dallas's defense down the stretch that leads anyone to believe that Dan Quinn can be a a, a really good head coach? That definitely tarnished him at the end. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But still, like I think I think Washington had to do some fallbacks. I mean, got to hire a coach. It, yeah, it, but you don't have to run out there and get like the first person you see. I mean, well, they like, did. We I mean, um, they did. We didn't they get did. who we wanted, so we're just going to go hire Dan Quinn. I mean, they were doing their homework for a long time. There's okay. no doubt. This is not Dan Snyder running this. This is a guy who owns another franchise. Say what you want about the 76ers, but I mean, look, it's not like this guy's just some, some. Uh, you know, David Tepper, like he's not that. Oh boy, here we go with David Tepper again. He's not you that. You love jumping on David Tepper, don't you? He's a clown, man. He's, he's a total <laughs> joke. Carolina. Like he's Poor a joke. Panthers. He's a joke. Like Canalis, like that is a. That's you're a like, joke. You're like trying to find, yeah, you're trying to find somebody. All right, we're, we're going to get lightning in a bottle, maybe. I'd rather Dan Quinn than, than Dave Canalis for sure. Okay, see, that, that, if those that are my, fair. If those were my two choices, I'm taking Dan Quinn every day and Sunday. Um, just saying, but you know, who do we think are some of the next hires? I mean, obviously we're going down the road. We talked about Raheem Morris in Atlanta last week. Are you surprised that 
I mean, it, it's obvious that Bill Belichick's going to have to sit on the sideline and maybe be a consultant next year. Is he going to get another chance to be a head coach? Is that getting any younger? I mean, none of us are, but in the grand scheme of things, you're talking about 72 years old. Is a 73-year-old dude going to get a chance to head coach even if he is the GOAT? I think that is a good question that I I won't discount it, but I mean, you, you add it all up and you're thinking, all right, well, you got to think about the teams that might have openings next year. New Orleans? Uh, what if Dallas has an opening next year? Like they hung on to McCarthy now. What if Dallas has that opening? Uh, because they stopped. I don't see up. Belichick working with Jerry Jones. Well, if Jerry Jones is like, man, I got to make one last stand. He did hire Bill Parcells, though. So Exactly. So it's like... Uh, didn't last like, that long, but I mean, it's like if I got to make one last stand, I might as well go out with, yeah. with, with this guy. But still, uh, uh, an aging Dak with Bill Belichick. Hmm. I don't know. What if the Bills come open? That would be interesting. Now, that would be an interesting scenario. I absolutely could see that happening. Yeah, I uh, could too. And, and I think Bill Belichick could, I don't know if he's. Lord knows, I think Josh Allen, anyone that's watched this show or, or listened to me anywhere, and I know I'm in the minority, I think Josh Allen is overhyped and overrated immensely, overhyped and overrated. I don't, he shows it. He he's kind of chokes. He, he and Lamar Jackson ought to go have beers together. Uh, but I, I just don't get it. But I think maybe with a Bill Belichick, that would be an interesting scenario. But I'm just going to say it again. You never, you never touch. What if, what if? We go through another season like this here in New Orleans. This job becomes open. Bill Belichick. I mean, Bill Belichick could pretty much do whatever he wanted to do here in New Orleans. Mickey Loomis would say, okay, whatever you want, Bill. I didn't discount it when the Saints were trying to claw back to being 500. Like, I didn't discount it just because Bill Belichick and the Saints have a Good working relationship. Yes, they do. Go look at how many times they have made trades over the years. Like, yes, they do. And they worked together in the preseasons in the past. Yes. The preseason workouts before, you know, we're talking about before the preseason. So I don't yes. mean preseason work. I mean, you know, training camp workouts. Like, I've, yeah, we've gone up to Gillette Stadium and they've done practices together. There's no doubt that there is a, uh, a, a tie there. That so. would be interesting. Oh, yeah. I, look, I, I think, look, these, these guys, you only, I'm not, and I'm not even going to say his ego because any, I think anyone would want to do this. You have a chance to become the all-time winningest coach in the history of the National Football League. You're not just going to throw that away. So, I mean, he's, he's definitely going to want to come back. That doesn't mean that someone's going to give him a chance because they didn't this year, but I just don't think it maybe it was the right, the right fits. Obviously, Atlanta didn't want to cede that much control over to Bill Belichick. I'm not blasting him for that i think raheem morris is whatever i mean good luck with that uh, i'm not saying you should have hired bill belichick but it is going to take the right fit uh that's why i don't know if he would work in dallas but i man buffalo would be an interesting scenario and so would new orleans both of those spots so yeah i do think that having like it, it was such a, just kind of a whirlwind all, you know all of a sudden bill's gonna be out and he like he's there's no doubt he's like coaching the coach. Like right. he's not when he's on the job, he's not focusing in on 100%. how can I go fix another team. Yeah, hundred percent. 
So mm-hmm. I think the year refresh, like a year, if he takes a year off and wants to get back in, similar to Sean Payton, like you can lay out the land, look at, have a bigger, broader scope of what people are doing elsewhere, take pieces, this, that, and the other, uh, talk to people on a staff. Like you have more time to gather something. So, yeah. I, you know, now we're talking it through. I mean, I, I would think he would come back next year, like in for the 20. Yeah, I'd, I'd be surprised if he doesn't yeah. come back. All right, Super Bowl 58. Let's give our early thoughts. Now, we're not going to give away uh, fully. No, we probably will give away when we start talking about the game or whatever. I have no idea what Larry thinks. We've, we've been pretty, I would say for the most part, surprisingly in lockstep throughout these playoffs. Uh, there have only been a couple instances where we disagreed. Uh, we happened to disagree last week on Baltimore and Kansas City. Um, uh, it's like I didn't. It's like yeah, I, I believe I didn't believe in Baltimore one week, then they won, then I'm like, oh, let me believe in you, and then they yeah, lost. You can't so do I'm it that like, way. that side, the AFC, I just eh, let me move on from that one. A- NFC, I feel okay. Okay, well, yeah, you've definitely been better with the NFC. <laughs> um, uh, that's the way that were. You were right about Tampa Bay uh, beating Philadelphia. I think that's the only one where where you got me so far. But anyway, all right, going through an early thoughts. And we see some numbers on here. Uh, some it, San Francisco opened up as a two and a half point favorite. It dropped to one almost immediately. People with money were pouncing on that like a cat was pouncing on a mouse. But now it's been kind of interesting how it's moved. And I don't think uh, the casual better has noticed these subtle shifts the last couple of days. And uh, the line has stayed at two, but the number to get that no- that minus two has changed. And the money line has shifted ever so slightly. It's kind of going back and forth. So the way that it's moved the past few days especially tells me that I think that this line is pretty much going to stay where it is. So if you're looking for a bargain, I don't think you're going to get one. Uh, if, if you're looking for it to go too far one way or another, I don't think you could, whether you bet it today, tomorrow, or a week from Sunday – at 5.29 p.m., I don't think it's going to be that much different. The Niners were on the money line, minus 130 yesterday, went from minus 120 to minus 125 to minus 130, and then somebody must have pounced on Kansas City at plus 110 because it went back to minus 120 and plus 100. So little subtle shifts that you might not notice, again, if you're a casual better because the minus two itself hasn't changed. What are your, some of your thoughts? Again, not asking who your pick is. But do you think this line is about right? Are you surprised that it's a pick 'em game? San Francisco has been the uh, consensus number one throughout the season if you average everything out. Kansas City had its trouble in the regular season, but obviously they've been the best team in the playoffs without question. I think it's fair. Like uh, everything that's here is fair. Like, so that's uh, Kansas City seems like they've kind of got their act together, but. Still, when you look at the last game, all right, it felt like the offense was playing better, and then it slowed down in the second half. And what was it, seventeen ten? Right. Like it was still not like an offensive explosion. And Kansas City's defense got the job done. Like that's how that's been their recipe for winning just about all season. Like the defense has really carried them, and you would never expect to hear that from a Patrick Mahomes led team. Like it it's like we're going back to Drew Brees's like end of his career when the defense was doing that to help that side out. You wouldn't expect that to happen to uh, a Patrick Mahomes still in his 20s like you wouldn't expect that yet. 
but it's been a crazy year, and I'm not putting the blame on Mahomes. Uh, everybody who's watched could see the skill position players. They're 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 not up to par. Like so yeah so yeah the recipe they've been doing makes sense. Now the 49ers, it's it's wild that like they had this highly lauded defense going into the season, and they played well, but it's like it's like they give up yardage, but then it's like they get their way back into a game, yeah. and it, they they to me it's it's shaky, but the 49ers, I think their offense. I think it's it's been a really good thing for them that they've had to be battle tested. Like they were not really battle tested a ton in season, and the fact that they've had to be battle tested twice and get through, uh, you know, it has them primed to go up against a good Chiefs defense. So like you even it all out. Like 49ers defense can be sluggish at times. Chiefs offense can be sluggish at times. 49ers offense they can kind of do it both ways. Uh, with McCaffrey and in the passing game when they're playing well. Chiefs defense, I feel like, is the strength of their team. So it's weakness, weakness for strength, strength, and it all kind of makes it even an even-out game. Yeah, I agree. And, uh, look, when it comes down to how are you going to pick this game, it really is going to be tough because uh, do you, like I said, do you go with San Francisco has frankly been lucky to, uh, to make it this far. Um, they were lucky in the sense of Green Bay – uh, making some mistakes there down the stretch. Uh, Jordan Love making a few mistakes down the stretch. And then last week, I, we'll get, I'll get your thoughts on this now. I mean, look, I know you probably don't think at least not as harshly as I do. I think Dan Campbell just an absolute bonehead. When, when, you know, you could talk about go through each fourth, fourth down decision. We don't need to go through all of them. And then at the end, that's the worst one. When you're talking about running the football on a third down, you're just cocky arrogance. It just, it killed him. I mean, running the football and he has to blow a timeout. Whereas if you throw the ball and I heard someone say this and it's true, they'd have been better off throwing an interception right there than running the ball and not scoring a touchdown. You throw an interception, you still got all three of your timeouts left. You're going to get the ball back. If you stop them one, two, three, but here instead you, you run the ball. You've got to call a timeout. You, you don't have a choice, and now you're screwed. I, and so, and, and the fourth down decisions, just that, that first one coming out of the half where the 49ers score a field, kick a field goal, and then the Lions drive down, and your arrogance and your ego, that's the way he's coached all season long. Who gives a damn? I mean, common sense that needs to take over right there. You kick the field goal, and you demoralize the 49ers like – they're done. That game's – if you kick that field goal, they're done. The game is over. But, no, you want to coach the way you've coached all year long instead of doing what makes sense. He didn't coach the way he coached all year long when he kicked the field goal before halftime. So I don't want to hear that stuff, but I'm interested to get your thoughts. Uh, the first one was the the downfall. I mean, it reminded me – It's and it's not a decision uh, that I'm going to compare it to, but it was a total momentum changer. Like, that one uh, – why Why not go up three scores? Change the whole game. Like, why not? Like, it's just silly. And it wasn't some, like, 60-yard field goal. Like, right. it was a 40-plus. Like, you got to make it's that. It's 28, so it's a 45-yard field goal. You got to make the, that. And the dude from 45 and in, I believe, was 78% over the over the course of his career. You can say whatever you want. Michael Badgley, obviously not the greatest field goal kicker in the world. He was sitting on the waiver wire until whatever week of the season, week, 10 or 11 or whatever week they picked them up. But any reasonable 
any reasonable kicker in the NFL is going to make a 45-yard field goal at least 75% of the time, probably 80. And I promise you that he wasn't thinking about whether his – people say, oh, he's probably thinking his field goal kicker stinks and he's afraid to – he wasn't thinking about that. No, he was he just thinking about being Dan Campbell. Yeah, he wanted to be aggressive. Like that's – yeah. And, I mean, good head coaches, uh, if you're a good one, you got to be able to know when – I'm going to sound like the the drunk driving commercial. No, when to say when. Like, uh, yep. kick the field goal. Like, this is no-brainer. Like, why not do it? And the odds are making the field goal are better than the odds of getting the first down. Like, it's just given the distance and all this. Like, so, no. Look, I said this on final bet uh, last night. Well, I said it before last night because we taped it, but – um, I, I said on ruining the magic of TV. Yeah, I'm Jim. sorry. Well, let's, let's sorry, Garland. I'm blowing the secret. We taped that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but I will say this as someone who had everything tied up. And I, I mean, all my bets last week were tied into the San Francisco money line. I either had something parlayed or teased or every, everything was with San Francisco and sitting there when it was fourth down, I'm playing, please God, for the love of God, go for it. Dan Campbell, like you always do, because I knew that if they kicked the field goal, that game was over. Uh, if you go back up three scores in the middle of the third quarter, you San Francisco is going to be demoralized. They're going to have their heads down. Could they come back? Sure. But for all intents and purposes, that game's over. And here, and then they weren't talking about it at first, and there's then they pan back up, and there's Jared Goff still on the field. And I'm like, thank you, Lord. And sure <laughs> enough, the pass dropped. I don't care whether it was dropped. You can blame whoever you want. I put the blame on Dan Campbell, and it completely changed the game. And like you said, I think it's just a little mentality shift. And, of course, Niners come right back down. Not only do they score the touchdown, but the very next play, Jameer Gibbs fumbles the football, and then you knew the game was over. Oh, yeah. Well, it's – and uh, the event I was trying to – I was going to allude to, I mean, wasn't a, a call, but, I mean, sorry, close to home, uh, the Jared Cook fumble against the Bucks. Like, yep. Because, I mean, that's a turn – like, them turning over downs is a turnover. It's a turnover. Yeah. So uh, it, it's the same thing. Momentum. You could like, obviously there weren't too many fans in the building when that happened because it was uh, COVID, but still uh, it's like the, you let the air out and all of a sudden you're like, Oh, the 49ers are back in it. And they, I mean, momentum is a real thing. Uh, it, it's just, it, it is a real thing. And is that the last game you covered that you were covering the saints? Yes. That was wow. the last one. Drew Brees's final game. That is the last one. That's one hell of a way to go out. <laughs> I've covered, uh, man, I've covered some doozies. I've covered some good ones, and I've covered some doozies. Man, I, I, well, I was still picking you when I covered the Minneapolis Miracle. Oh, we, we did were, radio in we, Minneapolis. Yeah, we were doing, and I, in fact, I was doing uh, some shows from our Canal Place studios with Amos uh, when that was going on. I don't know if Claude was up there as, with us as well, but I don't know. But when y'all couldn't do it, yeah, so it, it was – we were all a part of that. That was weird times. <laughs> yeah, but uh, – oh. uh, yeah, but Bringing I mean, back yeah. great, fond memories. Well. It's, 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 a, it's a struggle. All right, do you like uh, – do you look at prop bets at all? Uh, I have not you? looked at anything yet. Will you? Is that oh, yeah, something you'll get into? I'm okay. not gonna, yeah, I'm not going to wager on any of them because I'm – I would think myself, but, uh, yeah. but, uh, no, I, yeah, I'll take a look at some of them. Like, I just want to know, you know, the, the length of the national anthem. That's the only one I really care about. 
Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna give you our official picks next week before we go. You need uh, to give me a list. How about this? Give me a list. Okay. And then we can go through a bunch next week. All right, I will do that. I will give you a list of of prop bets. And I will say this: said this on Bayou Bets yesterday. I truly mean this. If you want to bet, if you're like ninety eight percent of the Aunt Mabels and Drunk Joes out there, and you like to bet overs, and you would never bet an under, do it now. It's almost too late now because. Let me tell you, all these numbers, they go up. They don't, none of them go down. If you like Christian McCaffrey's over 91 and a half yards or whatever it is rushing, that's going to be 95 and a half by game time. Some of the, Mahomes is 260 and a half, and I haven't even looked at it today, but that'll be, I'm not exaggerating. That might be 280 and a half by game time. That's how much that's going to go up. So nothing goes down. So what they tell you, what goes up must come down. Not true. Not in the world of betting. So don't, nothing. Just balloons. Down. Not Just betting. You can pop a balloon. That's exactly right. You can pop us. Uh, before I let you go, I do want to get your thoughts on Lamar Jackson real quick. Uh, you can't blame everything with Baltimore. You had Baltimore last week. You were believing in Lamar Jackson. I just, to me, it was part Lamar Jackson and part I wasn't betting against God. Uh, and to me, Mahomes is, is God in the NFL. So that doesn't. That's not teasing anything for next week. Don't read too much into it. But I've had Mahomes two weeks in a row, and he's won me some money. But Lamar Jackson, does that? Do you have any hopes that he can win a Super Bowl at some point? I do. Like I think the I wish they would have run the ball more. Like, Absolutely. That's like a game plan. What the hell? It was like a game plan fail. Like too many three and outs. Like and then it was like too much on his shoulders, and then. Here's the thing. If Zay Flowers scores a touchdown, we might be having a different story. Maybe. Like that's, Maybe. That was a huge, uh, you know, that's the swing of the game. And so, uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, I just think the game plan was faulty. And also, look, man, experience counts. Like Kansas City's been there. Never Ravens about it. in that with those players haven't. And so that's why I'm not going to discount it. But here's the thing. Like if you were ever going to get the Chiefs this was the year. Like, if you were ever going to beat them and you're the Ravens, this was the year. Like, the Bengals say if Joe Burrow comes back. Like, the Baltimore might not even win the division next year. Like, if I don't think Joe, they will. Like, Joe Burrow comes back. Yeah. Guess what? Uh, Balt, uh, Cincinnati almost got in the playoffs without him. Like, they, mm-hmm. like that's, that's a whole different equation. And, like, Cincinnati has beaten the Chiefs and I, the I, also, I also think that when you get a bruise and loss like this, and now look, if you look at the Eagles and they lost both their coordinators, that's why they took a step back for the main reason. But I think when you, and, and I'd have to go back and look in history, but when you take a brutal loss in either the Super Bowl or, or a championship game, to me, it really hurts you the next year. I think that's kind of, I think it's a, such a tough offseason. It's so much harder to get back into the groove of things when you have a loss like that. I just think it's totally demoralizing, and I think those things linger. I think the, the Ravens are going to – when I say struggle, I don't mean they're going to be a bad football team. I still think they'll be like a 10-win kind of team. But I do think that that loss is going to linger into next year, and it, it's going to be something that they think about, and it's certainly going to be something Lamar Jackson thinks about when he gets into a similar situation later in his career. Oh, for sure. And maybe they'll have some – other skill position players like Zay Flowers isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and that defense is still going to be good, but you're going to have a new coordinator. I mean, we know that. Uh, but still, it's certainly uh, when you haven't been there and done that and you, you kind of get beat like that, 
it's hard to get back. Like, I mean, Dak obviously thinks about it. Oh, well, he's, I mean, yeah, he's only gotten as far as the divisional round. So, I mean, it's not like. Well, like, I mean, Lamar had only gotten as far as the divisional round until this right. year. But he, it's like he got over that hurdle. And if there was ever a year that you were going to take down the Chiefs, it would have been this year. And yeah, didn't happen. It, it, it could be like a Chiefs, like, like almost like Patriots are kind of always lingering uh, around and sneak back I've in. For, I've said this for three years now. I totally believe it. I think Patrick Mahomes, when he's said and done, is going to surpass Tom Brady. He's going to surpass Joe Montana. In my mind, I think when he's said and done, I think Patrick Mahomes will be, at least for now, it always changes, right? The greatest quarterback who's ever played. He just does things that no one else can do, and he finds ways to win. To me, this Kansas City team is, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a great elite team. But yet here they are playing in the Super Bowl um, with less talent, in my opinion, than they had last year, which was less talent they had in some of the other years. Well, that's like the Patriots. It's not like they had elite talent everywhere. 100%. <laughs> like that's, yeah. I mean, you, they they get it done with with the the quarterback and then the pieces around him. So it's very similar in that sense. It's not like and a say, coach in Andy Reid that's just you know sure yeah to, yeah obviously it, it, I'm in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's not like you have like star studded players everywhere. Like it, you know they they just find ways to win. And I mean right. that's that's not a fluke. Like you you find ways to win, but it does help when you got awesome quarterbacks. So. All right, well, we're going to have our predictions next week. It'll be interesting. Again, I don't like to talk to you too much about this stuff because I don't want to know what you're picking. I'm sure you don't care what I'm picking. Uh, I think my pick is public already. Oh, it is? I didn't see that. How did I miss it? Um, I'm definitely going to turn it in this week. I'm, okay. I'm pretty sure it's public. I'm not going to reveal it. If people want to go find it, yeah, but I'll. Oh, well, I'll, I didn't see it. Now, now, see, I have to stay away from the athletic. Don't go read it then. For the next seven days, I have to stay away from the athletic. That's. That's going to be hard to do. Yeah, geez, you just don't have to go find like one article in it. Okay, well, I'll stay away from your pick. But we will have our picks, and I am going to send Larry a list of some prop bets that we will be talking about and things that we like. Over or under don't. Taylor Swift uh, photo appearances. Oh, it might be zero if she's not there. She's going to be there, for God's sake, the Super Bowl. Put a hologram she, of her. She's in Japan. It's only, they said she, I don't know, 25. It, she they might get move this. the Super Bowl to Hawaii just to come. Sh- I mean, I got to be honest. This is so absurd that it wouldn't shock me at all if they like, you know what? We're going to play the Super Bowl for the first time ever on Monday so Swifty can get there. I mean, that's how ridiculous this is. It's just so stupid. Oh, just lo- learn to love all. it. What's the harm? That's what There's everyone no says. Harm. What's the big deal? Because it's supposed to be about football. But look, I will say this. I will say this. In, in, in the defense of the Swifties out there, to me, football's over. Okay? The, the Super Bowl is like this entertainment spectacle, and it doesn't even really matter. Now, I've done very well in the Super Bowl the last eight or ten years. Like, very well uh, the last eight or ten years. It's helped supplement my income. I'm just going to say that. Uh, <laughs> it really has. I'm not It helps not supplement mine because it's a work day for me, and I've got to, you know. Oh, and you get a little overtime? No. Overtime? What does that mean? Yeah, right. How long have you been in this business with me? What's overtime? Uh, um, maybe one of us is getting it because I, I, I think I've gotten overtime like once in the last three years. Uh, uh, and it was kind of a gift. Times I don't even know if I'm supposed to say time. that on the air, that I got it once in the last <laughs> three years. Might get someone in trouble. That's right. 
it's a whole different story. All right. Well, we're gonna as we said, we're gonna save everything for next week. We will have our picks, and I uh, hope you enjoy the the first weekend of Mardi Gras for those watching around the New Orleans area. Uh, I'm getting out tonight. This might be the only we're going time out tonight too. What you're going to? You going in the city? Yeah, we're gonna be. Uh, I'm not. We're going to be on St. Charles. I'll just leave it very big. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't uh, need all the datitude groupies following yeah. me. They'll come find you, my friend. They, they will <laughs> definitely come find you. I'm going to be in Mandeville. I'm staying where we go to the crew of Eve every sense. year, and we got a lot of friends uh, and riding in, in the crew of Eve. So that's what we'll be doing, and parade starting. I'm trying not to eat too much king cake, but it's it's damn hard. Enjoy it. It'll keep, it might be a little cool, so it'll keep you warm. Yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Talk to you next week. All right, buddy. Yep. Try not to eat king cake. It's easier said than done. I know, but I'm telling you, if you haven't had any king cake left yet, you still got to go out and get some. That's how we're going to end the show. Um, you know, trying to think about what song I want to do today. It's calling all the time, getting fired up again. First weekend of parades, if first real weekend of parades anyway. I don't know, no slight to the crew de vue or some of the side out parades. If you're not from New Orleans, you don't know what I'm talking about. There are basically uh, carnival starts on January 6th, but the Mardi Gras parade season, for all intents and purposes, begins two Fridays before Mardi Gras, and that is today, uh, Friday, February 2nd here uh, in New Orleans. So we'll be out at the parades. Uh, supposed to be parades all weekend, although tomorrow is looking iffy weather-wise. Sunday's supposed to be good, and then I'm riding on the big weekend next weekend in the crew of Endymion. Uh, more on that coming up next week. But how could we go out? And I was thinking, you know, let's have a carnival song. And I'm not saying that I'm going to pick the Chiefs, rooting for the Chiefs. But the Chiefs have done a lot for me in this playoff season. They have helped me win some money. I am loving me some Patrick Mahomes. So who's who would be the... What would, what's a good nickname for Patrick Mahomes? I don't know that he really has a good name. Why don't we call him Big Chief? You know, doesn't that make sense? You could, he's already got a song. It's already made for him. Big Chief, Patrick Mahomes. We'll worry about a nickname for Brock Purdy later. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is on his way to being the GOAT. And I think, like I said, song already made for him. Why not? Is that what I think is going to happen in the Super Bowl? Again, I'm not giving away my pick. Not going to happen. I got too much work to do. Uh, analysis all week. Look, bet.know.com, we have got you covered. We're going to have all sorts of great stuff next week. Make sure you check it out. We've had some stuff this week, but we kind of like, I don't want to say relaxed, but we, we certainly didn't work our regular. Some of us work like 50, 60 hours a week during football season. Let's be real. Um, so it was a little bit lighter this week, um, but we went back into the big flow. Our last big push for football season's over, and then I start looking towards the draft. I will take a vacation. Uh, the week of Mardi Gras, I'm going to be off. So once I hit the button on this show next week, I'm done. Uh, and I'm just going to enjoy the Super Bowl and then enjoy Mardi Gras. But uh, we know where you will be back. But check out bet.noah.com. We will see you here. I don't know exactly what day the show is going to run next week. It may be on Thursday. We actually, well, I was thinking about having two shows next week. We may do a show on, uh, on the betting part of it. Uh, Uncle Big Nick was talking about coming on with me. Uh, I may have someone else as well, so I may do two shows next week. We'll see how it goes, but I will let you know my schedule coming up. You can follow me on Twitter, 
at Jim Derry Jr. Uh, or you can email me if you want. If you got some comments or questions, something you want to say, whether it be Super Bowl, Saints, Derek Carr, whatever it is, you can always find me by emailing me at jderry. Uh, I can always do that. jderrytheadvocate.com, and uh, we'll get it here on the show. Everyone have a great first weekend at Carnival. Try not to be so, not too sad because there's no football. And we will talk to you next week. Peace and love, my friends. I'm going down and I get my squad. Me might buy a great big car. I'm going to do everything I